Well, welcome everybody to another Hot Seat Tuesday, another amazing guest for us today. Today we have the founder of BCF Coaching Academy, Tony Naji, and he is an amazing guy. I, I tell you, we, once you start to hear his story and how he actually uh, works within multiple entrepreneurs, you will be flipped out of how he gets the time to do it. So, Toby, come on into the hot seat, my friend. Yes, yes. Let me just turn this thing on. Hello, everyone. Hey, mate. Hey, how are you? Good to be on the hot seat today, Cal. Thanks, mate. It is it is awesome to have you here. We've been we've been hanging out a little bit um, for a little little while now in the Connect Collaborative uh, group, um, and a, an awesome you know, a, a place that we can just collaborate and you know, very different to to um, I wouldn't even call it a networking group. It's a collaboration group, and um, so. Mate, and, and you've you've done a multitude, a plethora, I'll call it, a plethora of things in your life. So just just start me off. Where did where did your your business journey or your entrepreneurial journey start? Well, that's that's quite a good good question because um, I I graduated as an engineer, and I graduated. I don't know if many of us remember the the recession we had to have with Paul Keating. <laughs> And yes. I think uh, many of us uh, in, in old school folks remember that. But what happened was I couldn't get a job. And so I was, you know, top, you know, top 10% of the university, um, top three in the class. Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Spent four years doing an engineering degree and crickets, basically. Couldn't get a job. And in fact, nobody could get a job because everyone was just, just getting retrenched. So instead of sitting around and, and doing nothing, I decided to um, start my journey on, on the Nice course, which is still running. And um, yeah, I started my business in, in, in fashion. And my first business was was around, well, initially I wrote the business plan around, you know, T-shirt. I thought it was going to be the, the next rip curl. That's in my mind. That was what's happening. But what happened was um, it ended up being a snowboard garment manufacturer because one of my friends has said, oh, you do clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was doing the old Richard Branson thing, you know, like if, if someone says, ask us if you can do it, just say yes and work it out later. So yeah. I, I figured out how to make snowboard clothing. And in the meantime, I did get a job. It was a top job as an engineer at the time was, you know, well, well paid. And I refused it. And my sister, she was on the couch. She said to me, Toby, what are, what are you doing? It's like, well, the thing is, I know as an engineer, it's going to be linear. I'm going to become manager in five years and I'm going to become leadership in 10 years or whatever it is. I know where it's going to get. But as an entrepreneur, I don't know where, where I'm going to end up. And I don't want to get to 70 and say, geez, I wish I'd done that when I was in my 20s. It was in my 20s then. So I wish I'd done this in my 20s and 30s. So lo and behold, you know, 30 years later, it's a 30-year journey now. I'm still doing entrepreneurship and still loving what I, what I do. Um, and that's pretty much how it started. Where my my business ended up was I ended up doing snowboard garments from starting with t-shirt manufacturing. And basically I was exporting within the second or third year into a burgeoning market in, into places like Japan, New Zealand, and Switzerland. And then since then, it, it just basically, my entrepreneurship journey has taken off into areas such as food, health, um, renewable energy, sustainability. Also I've done some mining works. So I've done some lots of different areas um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Mate, wow. <laughs> and, and, and I've I've known a snippet of your journey and, and I've always, it's always gone like, yeah, and, and that's that is the entrepreneurial thing. And I think if if I just say like 
like I, I wasn't quite an engineer, mate. I was a carpenter, you yeah. know, but it's the same, it's the same thought pattern. There's a process to it. And I think that does hold well, you know, when you get that trade or that engineering, that analytical process, step-by-step process in the entrepreneurial journey, it, it really does help, you know, and uh, I'm sure that the, 100%. yeah, your, your, your education, your, your degree hasn't gone astray, but um, you've taken yeah. into clothing and all these different yeah. things. So, so, I'd like to just have a, have a look at that because there's a lot of people out there who who go who at their twenties go, oh no, I'm going to go follow the traditional pathway of a job and a career and go through the the different levels, and then they get to their thirties and forties and then they have what uh, Gerber says is the entrepreneurial seizure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I and I love I love that term. Um, um, it's funny you should say that because um, I always quote Gerber as well. And I believe that everyone in the deep in their mind wants to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone can, and Gerber calls it the entrepreneurial seizure. Um, and the reason being is everyone's been in, in, in a process where they either hate their job, they hate their boss, or they think, I can do this better. And which which leads on to another problem, of course, which Michael Gerber talks about. And he talks about you know the, the, being a baker and you, you're a good baker and then what happens is Susie is a good baker. What she do? She opens up a cake shop, and that's the worst thing you can do as an entrepreneur because you you're you're leveraging that entrepreneurial seizure, and you're becoming really the technician that's become the entrepreneur. But you're not understanding, you know, marketing, finance, HR, and all those other things that uh, are required to build a successful business. And I see this over and over again. This is one of the reasons why businesses fail. Uh, for that reason, because they're just technicians and they stay technicians and they never evolve into entrepreneur who's entrepreneurial leader. And that's that's where the success comes. And, and, and you just and you just said the key word, the entrepreneurial leader. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, and I know you've actually worked and you're working with a lot of people. And um, a part of your journey has included some time at university. So you've, you've actually become a lecturer and everything at university. Tell us a little bit about that process and 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 what your students been looking at and what's maybe some of the changes you've seen going through that educational process yeah well it's interesting um i'll, I'll give you the background of how i become a lecturer I, I did my master's in entrepreneurship and innovation at the australian graduate school of entrepreneurship and then i my professor gave me an opportunity he said you're great at what you do because you just you know you do all this stuff as a serial entrepreneur uh, i want you to, to start lecturing and so i started lecturing and then i got into a position where I was able to develop courses. And one of the courses that I developed was a thing called Startup Fundamentals. I co-developed that. And typically, you know, you go to a, a university and they teach you how to write a business plan. And, you know, you've got to do all these hockey stick projections and all these things. But but um, having a business plan in a startup is BS. And the reason is because you actually don't know what you're doing. Um, so, you, so in effect, a startup is just a learning organization and you're learning to become a company. So what, what I say to my participants and people, my clients is rather than spending time building a business plan, it's, it's going to be useless anyway. And I know my first business plan, I spent three months on it and it was as thick as the Bible and it was only good for holding the door open. That was always good for. Yeah. Right. Because it's so heavy. Um, rather, than, rather than build a, a business plan, focus on getting customer. And so the premises around the, the, the course that I developed is about testing and validating your idea with customers before you launch. So you come, you pitch your idea, you form cohorts, and then you go out and then you test 
your idea. And there are various ways you can test them. We teach you the process through UX design, you know, things like fake doors and Wizard of Oz, concierge. There's many ways to test it. And then only then do you actually start the business. Um, and hopefully along the way, you're able to work with prospects and, and uh, customers. And the problem with most people is they focus too much on the solution. They focus too much on technology rather than focusing on the problem. Your core focus should be around the problem because the customer does not care about the solution. They don't care if it's technology. They don't care if it's written on papyrus. They don't care if whatever. As long as I've got a headache, right? I've got a problem or a need. I want that solved. And I want it solved in a way that, that, that suits me. All right? So yeah. as a customer. And that's the thing that people do miss. And what happens is you get caught up in your cognitive biases, and because you think that this is what the customer needs. So you start off a business uh, on your first or second idea, typically, and it fails. And I just see this over and over again. And it's just this, you know, aha moment. And hardest thing as, as a lecturer is, is to try to tell people that their baby's ugly, right? So through this transformative process, people, you know, you put your scientist cap on, you put your white lab coat on with the pens and glasses, and it's actually come to that conclusion yourself, right? So you, you yeah. overcome your cognitive biases because what happens is we, we, we tend to start something and then this thing called Dunning-Kruger effect comes in. And the Dunning-Kruger effect is knowing what you don't know, what you don't know, in the words of Donald Rumsfeld, right? And you think, oh, it's easy to do. And what happens is you start it uh, because you, you, your ego says it's easy, you think you can do it. And what happens is you kind of hit like a peak. We call that the peak of stupidity. So when you measure confidence over, over um, progress and then you fall, your confidence falls, then over time, as you get experience, and this sort of plateaus out and then sort of rises again. And that's typically you see the same old patterns again and again. And when you talk to seasoned entrepreneurs, they understand this process. But when you're a newbie, Boy, I, I can't be told that you know my idea is not going to work, um, no, because it is going to work, and I just just shake my head. So coming back to the, to the answer to the question is that the world is rapidly changing, and I think gone are the days where we think, oh, we're going to get a, a degree, and then we're going to go to management in five years, and ten years, and twenties, and spend thirty years doing this this sort of vocation. It's not. Everyone is working now as, as gig entrepreneurs. And so most people will, will take on a, a job for two years and they'll move on. And the more talented you are, the quicker you will move, right? So it's really hard to keep talent these days because what more opportunities come, you know, more, more money is, is available. So I'll go to the job that pays more money, for, for instance. Or these days, more people are about purpose. So so if a job has a particular purpose or a value system that you align with, never mind, doesn't pay as much, you will go into that. So, so the whole concept around education is changing. And what we need in the education system is more problem solving, right? Coming back to the carpenter or coming back to the engineer. And why, why we're good as entrepreneurs, because we can put stuff together. And I love working with, with um, undergraduates that are engineers because they're the ones that build stuff. Well, marketers yeah. don't necessarily build stuff. Um, hey, I spent four years doing an engineering degree. I knew nothing about fashion. All I did is I, I learned how to put the people together to, to be able to do this. So I was just designing and I was getting all the other people to make the stuff. I didn't have to be the person on the machine sewing and making all that stuff. No, I just had all these people to do it for me. But what I did learn 
is how to solve that problem. Now, we're finding that that um, the in future leadership or, or the future vocation is all about problem solving. All right, it's all about critical thinking, and we're not we're not doing that enough. Right, we're getting blinded by say social media. We're getting blinded by various things that actually take us away from our, our thinking ability. And in the day, um, that's the two most important aspects. And the third most important aspect is empathy. Right, if you want to be um, good at leadership or move into leadership roles or move into roles that that we get paid well, where you can actually keep moving on, um, then you really need to um, develop your emotional intelligence. Right, and that's the sort of stuff that universities don't teach. So problem solving, critical thinking, and emotional intelligence, that's where the market's moving. It doesn't matter what you learn because you're going to have to learn it over and over again. Uh, I know I, I reinvent myself every five years. What's, what's I learned five years ago is completely out of date, right? So, Absolutely. Um, but what, what's not is, is critical thinking, problem solving, and emotional intelligence. Right? That's, that's my view on that, yeah? Mate, look, and, and, and I what, what I've just seen there, I've just listened to your genius, you know, coming out there and this this high idea of, of there is a bit of a process. There's a couple of things you've got to do, which is just different than what we're taught in schools yeah. and what we're taught in universities. And it's the practical, I call it a pracademic sort of learning. Yeah, it's a, it's a practical way of learning that this problem solving, yeah, because the thing is, as you said, the world is changing. Now, we're just coming out of COVID, and now, two and a half years, yeah, two and a half years on, like the world has changed, but not only has it changed, it is changed at a rapid pace, you know? And so, you know, you, you're saying every five years you've reinvented yourself. Like, it's almost like over this last two and a half years, we've had to reinvent ourselves a couple of times to, to adapt. And one of the things that I remember uh, listening to you in, in one, of the, one of the trainings you actually done with Connect Collaborative, you were talking about the, the, the importance Yes, to be able to adapt and change and, and, and all that type of stuff, but you're also building a team, mm. all right? And, and so so often as a business owner, when we start, we like start by ourselves and we just go frigging hell for leather and we try and do everything ourselves and we try and do, you know, the entrepreneurial seizure sort of stuff. We try and do the marketing. We try, we try and do all this stuff that we're just not equipped for. We don't have the skills to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And you alluded to it, you know, you had the people doing your sewing, you had people doing yeah. things, you just... So building a team, mate. So just just, just to finish off with us today on a hot seat, so some of, the, some of the tips you might be able to give our listeners about the importance of team. Okay, so the, the, the principles that I use are based on Jim Collins, Good to Great, and he talks about get on the bus. So if you haven't read that book, uh, or haven't got onto the, the concept, just Google Get on the Bus Theory, Jim Collins. You don't have to read the whole book. But what he talks about is getting the people on the bus before you work out where you're going. The, the, the key is, and obviously put them in the right seat as well, the key is to try and find the right people. And if you've got the, the wrong people on the bus, you actually have to be able to get them off quickly as well because they can ruin you. So if they're not aligned with your ideology, your core ideology, your values, and your purpose, then best to try and throw them off the bus. But in my case, when I build teams, I focus on the values first, right? Yes. The most important thing. If you and I don't connect on values, then it ain't gonna it ain't gonna work. I, I can tell you that. I as an example, I started a business, um, a solar business with a Trump supporter. This is this is 2016, right? Before Trump got him. And he was telling me Trump's gonna win and and all this, all this sort of stuff. 
And whether you like whether you like Trump or not, it doesn't matter, right? The point is, and values values were un, were not aligned. And his view was that that it's the, the triangle. I'm the, I'm the king at the top, and I just tell you what to do. Right? It was never as a partnership. It was never a democratic process because that's the way he thought that you know Trump is king and Trump rules, and what he says people should listen. And that was his mentality. That's why obviously supported Trump. And for me, I'm, I'm more about democratic process. I'm more about, about sharing ideas and that. No, no, my idea is the way to go in that. Of course, guess what happened? It fell over. Yeah. The business is still running, but the relationship fell over. And why? Because I was just felt like I was being treated like a, like a second-class citizen or not even a true partner, just a, a part of the process, um, his, his view of the process. So first thing I do is, is find people that, that share the same values and I've just built a business um, around the, the principles of this, right? And it's called Asia Venture Lab. And what we did was we we put together pulled together six people who have never worked together, right? So three from Asia, three from Australia, and one of them um, is from the Connect Collaborative, um, Wayne Larkin. And the first thing we did was we spent three weeks on the values. Now it wasn't just wordsmithing, right? What we did is we we picked six values each, what we like. And then can you imagine six times six, six in the team there, six times six is pretty much 30 odd odd values. And from that, we had to pick the top values um, of five or six, because we don't want 30 values or 20 values, five or six is enough. But each of us had to buy and argue those values. That's why it took us, took us three weeks. And all of a sudden, you know, we were able to build a purpose out of that. And when we get a little bit confused, we just say, hang on, what's the purpose? Well, the purpose isn't, isn't to make money. Yes, it's it's important, but it's not secondary purpose. The purpose is to change the world. So we come back to that purpose, right? So when things get a bit cloudy, a bit misty, a bit down, at least you're able to come back to the purpose. So I would never um, build a team uh, that I didn't have the values for. The second thing is you build your team first, right? Oh. And then you work out where to go, all right? And it's it's not intuitive, as, as solopreneurs, as people, as entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship is a lonely journey. And what happen, What tends to happen is, is um, you know, we just go off and then we try to find people as we go along. But real synergy occurs when two or three or four or five people are able to put their heads together and, and create something that, 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 that that's amazing. Um, so that's my, my sort of couple of tips about team building is, Build your team first, and and yeah. then work out where to go. And if you're if you're working, um, don't just jump into entrepreneurship. Build your team first, right? And for my problem as an, as a solo entrepreneur, I I have a problem putting opportunity together, right? And I, I know I work in developing countries, and I see four or five opportunities a day, say in Fiji or Indonesia, but I don't have the team that I can trust that I can actually build those opportunities on. So if you have a team that makes it a lot easier, then you can share those opportunities and you can leverage them through partnerships, but you've got to build that first. So that's my yeah. tip. It's so important. And, and, and folks, there is so much in that. And I, and I, I've had a snippet inside of Toby's mind and it's, 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 it's quite inspirational. And I think uh, Toby, like we're, we're, we're run short on time today, but I, I would love to get you back and just talk about that principle yep. of how to build a team yep. before you actually get to get to actually get to work and start making money because yep. people will be out there going, well, how do I afford it? There'd be so many questions in people's minds yep. right now. 
Yeah. So this is the first time in a hot seat where I'm actually going to go, let's do a part two. Yeah. All sure. right. Let's do a part yeah. two. And then a little bit later on next year, we might actually have a look at uh, getting you over onto UnleashCon, which is coming up later on this month. Yeah. And um, might would love to be able to unpack this whole process. Yeah, sure. I would love, love to be back in, um, in, in the day. It's all about helping others as well. So <sighs> um, in their leadership journey, because it is a hard journey yeah. as an entrepreneur. Let me tell Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Toby, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on here today, mate. It's uh, It's been one of those days where I think you and I could just unpack this stuff and talk all day about yeah. this whole stuff. And, and, and you mentioned two books that are top of my list. They always sit high on my shelf, good yep. to great, and the E-Myth, yep. two brilliant books. The other one, yeah. just while we throw the third next, I, I like to work in threes. The yep. third one for you is um, uh, Think Big. All oh, right, yes, Think yes. Big. Yes. All yes, right, yes. so so many of us think too small. If you yep. think big, yep. you'll actually reach those goals that you're really looking for. That's so, in my collection. But, that one, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, how did I know? I could almost see it on your bookshelf. Mate, yeah. been a pleasure. Been uh, been really good having you in here, mate. So we'll yeah. talk to you again very, very soon. Thanks, Kel. I appreciate it. Thank you.